Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us today. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson. We're all broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We got a great show for you today. An old friend of Kelly and I, Chuck Abbott, going to be joining us a little later with, we think, a, a segment that you'll find rather entertaining and interesting. And uh, hopefully later in the hour, we're going to talk to uh, Coach Christian Ostrander about baseball. But uh, first, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the opening segment, uh, as they do every day. Great place to take your family. Great place to enjoy a great meal. Kelly and I both working hard today. I was at basketball practice, women's basketball. Kelly was at football practice, about to bring you some uh, interviews. We uh Got with Dominique Davis and uh, Frank Gore. But first, let's go to you real quick, Kelly, and uh, your observation about the atmosphere at football practice. These guys are as, as upbeat and as spirited as they've ever been. Uh, first thing that stuck out is, is Coach Will Hall was nowhere near the offense uh, today at the at the complete opposite end of the field. Uh, so he really has taken a hands-off approach to the offense. But And you'll hear from Frank Gore, too, when he talks about the attitude of these guys. They know they, they can't, you know, go play for a bowl it's very unlikely that they would play you know for a western division championship but a unique perspective from frank but as upbeat and as spirited as ever bob here's frank gore frank for the person that doesn't really know football that well two weeks ago offense did do real good last week it did well so like i said to the person that doesn't know football that well what changed how can, how can that be uh, uh, first off, let's start with coaching. Uh, Coach George did a good job putting us in mismatches and creating creating um space for our playmakers. And then second of all, O-line played a phenomenal game, probably their best game yet. And I feel like they'll continue to get better and will continue to get better as well. But, yeah, that's the two main things. O-line played great and coaching did very good. Okay, the fact that you guys were so successful on offense, that's from a – optimism standpoint that's got a i noticed practice today very spirited take me through today's practice did you see that as well oh i feel like we always come out with a lot of tempo a lot of energy because i feel like we love each other uh we love each other as teammates and brothers so i feel like we always gonna come practice hard for each other but yeah of course it always feel good as you come off a good game and just want to get back here and get better try to get a win okay what do you what do you expect to see out of the uh warhawk defense this saturday you know, they do a lot of uh, difficult things, like scheme-wise. Um, they play with a lot of energy, and they have a couple good guys up front. So I feel like they'll be ready to come to play, especially because last year 
we beat them at their house, so they're going to come once we get back. Okay, what are some things that you're, you know, you've, you've played uh, games where you've been used a lot, you've been where you've been used a little uh, out of the out of the backfield, you've been running the ball a lot. Do you have a preference as to whether you'd like to pass, catch, run the ball? It doesn't matter. Winning, as long as it's whatever I can do to win. Uh, I could go for 13 catches, zero rushing, or 40 rushes, zero catches, or I have zero and zero. If we win a game, I'm happy and I'm proud of my team. I noticed after practice today, one of the few guys that are still out here after everybody else is in the locker room. Take me through that. I was just trying to get my wind, uh, keep my legs under me, uh, keep me got a lot uh, winded so I could be able to play uh, all four quarters at a fast pace. It's been a difficult season so far. It isn't the season that anybody, you know, had envisioned, you know, so mentally, emotionally. How, how are you dealing with it from here on out now? Uh, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm truly blessed to be here. Uh, I'm going to graduate. Uh, big thing for me. Uh, where I come from, where I come from, not a lot of people in my family graduated. I'm probably going to be the second person to graduate on my family. Uh, so that's a huge blessing for me. And also, I love my coaches, I love my teammates, and I love this team. So, uh, yeah, it didn't go as good as we wanted it to do go, but uh, we have to look at it, and we we dug ourselves in the hole. But we have a lot of big games coming up uh, ahead of us, and we could ruin some people's season. So I look forward to that. When, when football was over, whenever that might be for you, Frank, what, what's the what's the dream somewhere down the road? Where do you see yourself in 15 years? I hope I could come coach somewhere, maybe back home. Maybe I could come back here and coach. Uh, I just look forward to teaching people the game, how I know it, uh, and, yeah, pretty much learning. So I'm trying to milk the game right now to get back to the future. Okay, and the final thing that you might want to say to the Eagle Eagle faithful who have hung in there with you. Uh, thank you, guys. We appreciate you so much. Um, keep being there for us. Times are tough, and we appreciate you guys. God bless. All right, for all the Internet warriors that have encouraged Frank Gore Jr. to transfer, predicted Frank Gore Jr. will transfer, shame on you. Quit writing. You didn't detect that, did you? And, and let me tell you something, Bob. You know, in, and he talked about, you know, graduating and how he loves it. I understand that college football is a business and they're not winning games, but I'm telling you, these these guys love their coaches. You can say what you want, and they're not winning games, but they love their coaches. And Frank Gore went on to say, he said, look, I know we're not winning games. We'd like to win games, but do you know how many guys even get to play college football beyond high school? So he said, it's a blessing. We're going to come out here. We, we continue to play because we love to play. We love to play football. We're going to try to win every game we play. We understand we've already beaten the numbers just getting to play college football. So we're going to come out here and give it our best every time. And we love our coaches. We love each other. Your thoughts on what Frank Gore Jr. just said, Luke Johnson? I mean, that's the kind of attitude you want leading the team. And uh, you know, he's coming off of what would normally be a, a – career performance and i mean it was certainly second best game of his career but you know he almost went for over uh, 100 more in last year against rice but that's what you want i mean that's the kind of a guy you want i like what he said we still have some big games down the stretch where we can ruin other people's seasons and that's when when you can't play for a bowl now every game uh, going forward b- becomes your opportunity to to get a win up but to ruin somebody else's time and so what I love about that, this weekend, um, Southern Miss actually favored in this game. If you can get a win, then you look at the three remaining games uh, against Louisiana, against Mississippi State, and uh, against um, 
I'm sorry, four. What am I? What am I talking? Right? Yeah, four. Well, including yeah, four, ULM, including, four, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and Mississippi State, and then Troy. And guess what? That means there's three big opportunities <laughs> for you to play spoiler. And it, it there, there's something that can be salvaged out of this season, and I think that's the way to approach it. Uh, you go be a, a road warrior two weeks in a row after this week, and and again, here's the attitude at this point is there's nothing to lose. There's absolutely nothing to lose. All you can lose is a football game. So you go out and uh, and you just lay it out there and, and do your best. That's really encouraging to hear Frank talk like that, and I'm thankful he's a leader on this team. Were they going at it today, Kelly? That just as spirited. You would have thought it was the first day of practice out there, Bob. It's, it's amazing. And like I said, I know it's a business. I know you have to win games. I know that sells tickets. But when you talk to these guys, they, they, they do, man. They love each other, and they love these coaches. And I have nothing to gain or lose by saying it. Um, but there's something to be said for that, right? I mean, they're not winning, but, man, they're, they've got each other's backs, and that's good to know. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Saturday, it's hard to say. Well, don't laugh when you say a 2-7 and seven team playing a 1-8 and eight team or whatever the records are. They've won two, we've won one. It's a big game, but it is a big game for Southern Miss. They, they really need to win this game Saturday afternoon. Right? And the Warhawks are saying the same thing, and, yeah. you know, because they, they have mirrored each other. You know, lots of close games, you know, that could have gone either way. Uh, penalty here, penalty there, interception here or there. Lost to the same teams by about the same margins. Very, very equal on paper. So it's going to come down to execution. Yeah. All right, later in the show, we're going to bring you uh, – an interview we did uh, this morning with Dominic Davis, uh, women's basketball practicing. And, and, of course, they're getting ready, and, and they realize they're kind of a target this year because they won the, you know, share the championship. But there's that other intangible that's that's hanging over these kids' heads, and, uh, and, and you can tell it's there, man. I mean, you talk about kids loving coaches. I was around a bunch of kids this morning that loved their coach, and you know exactly what I'm saying. And and for the casual listener that might not follow Southern Miss as closely as we do, we're talking about the health of of their of their leader, Coach Joy Lee McNellis. Yeah, no question. So uh, Dominic Davis, and uh, later in the week we're going to have an interview for with one of the new players, Morgan Seepin. and Kelly. She had a message directed at you. She is from Tampa, Florida. And I asked her if she was a Bucks fan, and she said, oh, yes, but I sure miss. Uh, Guess who? Guess who, Kelly? Gee, I wonder who it could be. (laughs) One particular Buccaneer that women miss already. Give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. Yeah, Like last night, my wife said, well, the Raiders may not be very good, but Jimmy G sure is good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy G would turn in those looks for some wins, though, I guarantee you. Probably so. All right, when we come back, the famous Chuck Abadie. Doesn't get much more famous than Chuck Abadie. He's next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net sponsors this segment of our program. We're glad they do. Great place to buy all your Southern Miss apparel. And a great place to say hello to Miss Kathleen. I was actually there this morning, Bob. I went, Where are you? Yeah, I went over. The 3, 4, and 5X rack is over in the corner up right. toward the front. Is that where you were? And I tried to. I like black because black is slimming. Right. Um, but all they had was the 3Xs in, in what I wanted. So Miss Kathleen is going to have to special well, order me something. What were you looking for? Well, not a... Th- 3x oh okay you I, know i won't dwell into your personal life well no she's gonna have to get mine like from the u.s military I, I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> surplus parachute right? yeah that's right town of country cleaners is hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners they're family owned and operated since 1983 and they have services like steam pressing shirt laundry bulky bedding minor alterations and of course dry cleaning you can visit town and country cleaners at the convenient location on hardy street across from usm or you can call them at 601-264-4920. And you can look GQ like me and Kelly Santer every day, right? Thanks to the Roark family. There we are. Chuck Abity is a very famous guy. He was the sports writer, <laughs> editor of uh, the Hattiesburg American from 1972 to 2000. He's now in charge of PR at the Pearl River Community College. But probably his greatest claim to fame is, is he was the very first guest with me and Stump Taylor on the Eagle Hour. That's probably one of your great memories. Am I wrong about that, Chuck? No, I and I, and I keep waiting for the uh, Eagle Hour Hall of Fame induction. Oh, it's coming. Uh, it's coming. It, it, the initiation of that, you know? We're trying to uh, secure Madison Square Garden, and we've just had a little... <laughs> Chuck Kelly and I are just still working on getting our paychecks occasionally, yeah. so just good luck to that. <laughs> you get yours every week, don't you, Kelly? Yeah, mine's the, the truck has to come by and pick mine pick up, you know, up, with the yeah. armed guards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I asked uh, ask Chuck to come on and have a little fun, and uh, he covered Southern Miss football. He, he kind of like Kelly and I were on the front row during the glory years so we saw a lot of great stuff and but we want to have a little fun with chuck today and i asked chuck to do this i asked chuck to one give me the three worst football defeats in southern miss history followed by the greatest win in southern miss history so chuck let's start with the defeats the third worst defeat ever suffered by a southern miss football team was the third worst I, I would go back to 1976, Bob, when we played the first game in Roberts Stadium and we played Ole Miss. And when you talk about worst, I'm talking about an offense that may not reach 150 total yards for a game. And we beat, we lost to Ole Miss that day. 28 to nothing. Do you remember that, Bob? I do remember that. And, uh, yes, that was the, that was kind of the kickoff of the expand. Well, it was the kickoff of the expanded rock, and they were here in all their glory, and we didn't show up. No, we didn't. And our we had two quarterbacks that played, and I remember they were four of 16 passing for that for that game for, like, 60 yards. We We just We just didn't have it. But that would be number three. Number two, and I won't go into great detail. It has to be has to be that South Alabama game. Okay, oh, recent. Recent. I, I sat there and watched that. I, I was, you know, and it started jogging my memory about when you know I, I had some people texting me 
and saying, have you ever seen it this bad? And I told him, yes, I have. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The The number one worst defeat in my mind for USM was back in 1984, okay, when we played homecoming at home against Division I AA, Northwestern Louisiana. Now, hear what I'm saying now. This is Division I AA, and we're playing homecoming against them in 1984, and you talk about laying an egg. Okay, Northwestern beat USM 22 to nothing. Hmm. Now, some interesting things about that game that I go that I remember. First off, Bob, the interesting thing was two weeks before that game. Do you know that USM beat Ole Miss 13 to 10 in Jackson? Okay, Mm -hmm. so that even makes it an even bigger surprise. But Northwestern came in here. And we finished the game with 128 yards of total offense. And in the second half, we had six. Six total yards. (laughs) Against Northwestern. (laughs) Think about that. And we had two quarterbacks in the game, and I certainly don't want to embarrass those folks. But we had two quarterbacks in the game that were two of 13 for 41 yards. I guess the 1-2-A school. Yeah, a one okay. two A school and two interceptions. Well, I can now, see. You know, yeah, no, yeah, ahead. you know. So, I, and I'll tell you the interesting thing. I I, I posted something about that uh, on Facebook right after the South Alabama game, and Rick Cleveland sent me a note and said, "Did you know that one of the defensive ends on Northwestern Louisiana's team was Ed Ogeron?" Yes. Okay. Is that right? Yes. Is that, that right? That surprised me there. That, that, that? that caught me by surprise. Right. I did not realize that. All right, now, before you say anything about the uh, the greatest win of all time, let me go around the horn quickly, guys. Kelly, you what was the worst loss you ever saw? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably it was when Northeastern, Louis, Northeastern Louisiana beat Southern Miss. I don't remember the year that it was, Chuck, but it had to have been there in 85 or 86 when Northeastern came here, the Indians at the time. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Got to watch no, the directional remember, schools from Louisiana. Yeah, but it was, they were the Northeastern uh, Louisiana Indians beat Southern Miss at, at All the right, Rock. Luke, in your young lifetime, how about you? I'll just tell you the worst one that I was a part of. Uh, we were having a really good year in 2004, my junior year. Cincinnati came to town. We got destroyed. 52-24 is one of those games where you just wished it was over. The worst part for me was I got a punt partially blocked before halftime, and they were retiring Ray Guy's jersey at halftime, and I had to run away from Ray. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Before, before, can, I, can I ask Chuck a question, sure, Bob? Before sure, sure, a quick, sure. quick, Chuck, on the, the first one that you were talking about, the third worst game, that 76 game, was, was that, that was just after the Bauer-Purvis quarterback era, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. so was Vic Purvis before Jeff Bauer? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Way yeah. before. Yeah. Okay. All right, before you give the best one, let me, let me give you my quick story. I saw the best and the worst in a two-week span. Goodness. I was in Tuscaloosa the day that Southern Miss handed Bear Bryant what was his last ever defeat. 
Was it 38-28, I think, maybe was the score? 38-29. 29. Magnificent day. Just so exciting. In the locker room after the game, so exciting. And then the next week, my wife and I show up with our big sign, We Beat the Bear, and Louisiana Tech humiliated (laughs) us on our home field. So, Chuck, I went from the greatest to the worst in two weeks. What is the greatest win you ever saw? Well, I was going to say the one you're talking about is one of them. I I had two in mind. And, of course, the other one was the Florida State game. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty ugly. With mm-hmm. Reggie. And, and what that victory did knocked us all up into the top ten yep, yep, yep. polls. I mean, and I remember being at that game. And I'll tell you the thing that I remember about that game, besides the performance by Reggie and – and Ricky Floyd, all those guys are great. But what I remember about that game, Florida State was ranked. And down on the sidelines, Bobby Bowden was down on the sidelines. And, and during when the game started, all these people were standing around him, okay? And by the third quarter, he was the only person standing <laughs> on the 50-yard line. Everybody else had got yeah. kept their distance from right, him. Right. Uh, you know, but what a game that was. And I that mean, too, that, Chuck, that was on back in the day. If you were on TV, that was a little special. And that was oh, on, yeah. that was the ABC game of the week, as I recall. And so we all got to watch that here in Hattiesburg. The, the, most, oh, yeah. the most fun I ever had in a win was when Southern Miss beat TCU. That was a good. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a good Ladanian one. Tomlinson was right. the TCU. Right. And they were undefeated, I think. Thirty seconds I, left, Luke. In your, your greatest win. That yeah that that was the Ladamian Tomlinson was the Mobile Bowl game when it was so cold for me it was the two it was two it's the 2003 TCU game there t- top ten Orange Bowl reps on the sideline we rolled them yeah. and then held off uh, the loudest the Rock ever got Ty Nicks sent Greg Brooks on a uh, corner blitz late in the fourth quarter we got a turnover it's the loudest it ever was and then two game or three games later. Uh, to start the 2004 season, winning at Nebraska, those were the yeah. biggest two I was a part of. All right, Chuck, we appreciate it very much. As we as we leave, Chuck, I'm going to remind you of another heartbreaker. Was the year of that Florida State game when we go to Louisville undefeated, ranked in the top ten, only two games left in the season for an undefeated year, and we got beat in the ice and snow. I'm sure you remember that one. 13 to 10, and it was cold. It was cold, and it was sad, wasn't it, Chuck Abadie? Oh, it was. It was. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Okay, bye. Chuck Abadie, former sports editor of the Hattiesburg American. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, our thanks to Chuck Abadie for having that little bit of fun on Halloween afternoon. And no offense to anybody that played on those teams that suffered the worst football defeats in Southern Miss history. Uh, this this uh, segment is uh, sponsored by Campus Bookmark. Nope, we did that. Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, right in the shadow of the rock. 
Great place for lunch. Great place uh, to enjoy USM camaraderie and catch the next big game. We appreciate all that Slade does. Want to get right to the interview. Uh, head baseball coach Christian Ostrander joins us right now. And always uh, great to have Coach Oz on the show. And we want to talk to you about fall ball, Coach. But I want to ask you this question to kick off. I, I was thinking about this last night. Two, two incredible years for an already successful baseball program with back-to-back uh, regional championships, uh, conference tournament championship which we were kind of used to that and uh, hosting two super regionals and prior to that obviously a a really good nationally uh, calibered program but boy the last two years have been special and I wonder coach how how in your view has that changed uh, your baseball program uh well there's no doubt yeah I mean that those were special years I mean you know it's hard to hard to win a college baseball game much less you know to win regional tournament and, and you know just all that stuff so uh very very thankful for that but it's uh you know it, it's definitely created some momentum um you know we, we feel that in recruiting um you know i mentioned earlier uh, to you that uh you know it's we're getting a little different kid now than we might have uh six years ago and uh, we we're getting good kids in don't get me wrong but uh i don't know it, it's just there's a lot more awareness you know they they, they know who we are uh, there's a lot of excitement about it. I think it's become a place where, you know, kids, not that it hasn't been, but I just feel like with all the momentum we've gotten over the last two years and publicity and, you know, and, you know, and uh, ESPN and, and, and all these games and stuff, the tele- televised games in the postseason, it's, it's done a lot for this program. There's no doubt. No question. We'll get it here, Kelly. Coach, I don't think I don't expect you to show necessarily any of your cards, but a big battle at third base: Davis Gillespie and uh, Gabe Broadus. Have either one of those guys, uh, you know, or heading above better than the other one? I know both of them had really decent falls. Yeah, I think both of them are guys. You you, you know, you're going to want the lineup, and uh, so we got to figure out how to make that happen, and uh, and so forth. So from a positional battle, I mean, they're both of them, uh, you know, are. are can do other things as well so it's you know really going to come down to you know whether who's at third or who's in the outfield or who's you know first base d8 i mean you know there's a lot of unknowns still with that but i think we've gotten a lot closer you know through this fall of knowing what bats are going to be in that mix right now you know and now it's just about you know we still have three months before we play so we've you know, we're at the halfway point. We've been, been together for about three months. Now we got three more months to continue to grow and uh, figure things out. And I think we will. I think we're a lot closer. Same thing, same question, catching position. Yeah, same thing. I mean, it's uh, there's no separation. Uh, if I'm going to be, you know, completely honest with you, I think everybody's in it. Uh, ha- they all bring something. If I could combine them all to one, we'd be really good back there. And, um, you know, but it's, you know, each one has its own strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, so you just find out who's who's got some other things. You know, maybe they're intangibles, leadership, this, that, or whatever. So it's, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like we have an idea of the direction we're going, but a lot can change. And we've all learned that, you know, from now until January 16th when we get back together. I want to ask you about a name that, that I hear from a lot of outsiders in the in the the people who watch baseball, you know, the perfect game, the baseball academy, the Under Armour type of people, talk about a youngster that you've got who many people may not have heard about uh, at, at this point, might be a name to certainly watch for in the future, is Seth Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. You obviously know him, but man, everybody that I talk to on the outside looking in talks about this kid is something special. Tell us about Seth Smith. 
Well, um, you know, his dad was a big leaguer, and uh, you know, so it's in his genes. And uh, and and you know, it's uh, his dad played uh, Meridian for Coach Barry uh, years ago, and then uh, had a pretty good you know uh, career in the big leagues and 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 stuff. And uh, but no, Seth has got uh, he's got a lot of uh, things you desire. Um, he's good size for his age. Uh, you know, probably six three, wiry, strong, uh, getting stronger. Max put weight on him. Um, he can swing the stick. Um, he's got a uh, he's got a great glove. He's got a true arm. Um, just needs experience and reps. And uh, you know, and I think we'll see him. You know, just continue to grow. And uh, don't expect him to be an All American per se this fall this year. But he might be. Who knows? But uh, I think he's going to get out there and, and you know and, and get better each day. That's what we think of him. Look. Coach, I want to talk about uh, your specialty with with the pitchers, and what have you seen, and and what's been the focus to bring JP Middleton into what type of pitcher you believe, and and what type of pitcher Southern Miss, you know, fans expect him to be for you next year. Well, I think one of the big steps was him going off to the Cape this summer. Um, you know, I had to. I'm, I'm not saying forcing. Uh, he kind of, you know, small town Mississippi kid that just wasn't sure about it. You know. Uh, going up to with a bunch of strangers up in Cape Cod and doing baseball and kind of told them, you know, that you need to do this. This is going to take you to another level if you do it and you embrace it. And, and thankfully he, he believed that and he did. And, uh, and sure enough, he came back and said, you're right, you know, and, uh, and we've seen, I've seen a maturity. I've seen something. I mean, he kind of, you gained confidence up there. So I think that was huge and that helped him a lot. And he's carried it over this fall. Um, you know, he's, he's, he wants to be on that back, back end, uh, role. He, he, he likes that. I like that with him. He's got great stuff. And, um, you know, his strike percentage is going up. Now it's not just, you know, one and a half pitches. It's really two and a half. So, uh, you know, I feel good about the direction he's going. And, uh, you know, it's a mindset. You gotta, you gotta want to be that monster on the back end. You know, everybody can't do it. So wanting to do it and then also having the stuff to do it, you know, those, when those things connect, then you could have something pretty good. Another guy I want to ask you about um, that we really missed this past year, Chandler Best. Uh, how has he been looking and, and getting his confidence back to where you know he can be? Man, phenomenal. Uh, tomorrow's a big day for him. Tomorrow's his first day throwing to hitters uh, since his injury. Uh, we've been slow playing him by design because we had time. We love what we've done in regards to the schedule. Uh, haven't had to rush him. He's in a good place. Uh, he's throwing off the mound weekly and leading up to, like I said, tomorrow, their first time throwing to hitters. Um, he's been great, man. He's 88, 90, 91 in his working pins, and he, everything looks really right. And uh, so uh, he still has, you know, a couple months to continue to grow, you know. And uh, so I, we like where he's at, very excited, and, uh, you know, I love that boy to death, and, I, and I, he deserves it. I think it's his time. Coach, after the season was over last year, we had Graham Crawford out here one day talking to us, and, and he made a comment that kind of struck me and Kelly. He said, people don't know how much talent there really is on this team because with all the great players we had last year, a lot of the talented younger players couldn't get on the field. But when Southern Miss fans see how much talent was on the bench last year, they're going to be surprised. Your, your thoughts to that uh, comment? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. That means that the guys that patiently waited and uh, that were on a deep, especially position players, you know, that were, um, you know, on a deep team with some older position guys, I mean, 
it's their time. And, uh, you know, I think of Davis Gillespie. I think of uh, Tucker Stockman's. I think of uh, really Monastere. You know, I mean, he, he got in, he cracked it halfway through or whatever it was and was a blessing. But, uh, you know, just, just to name a few. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think there's some guys that, uh, you know, didn't get as many opportunities last year because it was such a, a veteran, older uh, position player group for sure. And, uh, you know, so I, I look forward to, you know, uh, the fans getting to see some guys that they don't know a whole lot about and hopefully falling in love with them. Yeah, that Monastere kid's pretty good, isn't he, Coach? He's a good ball player. <laughs> He's a good ball player. He's a good kid, too. All right, we've got about 90 seconds left. We have to get to the important stuff. Of course, the guys may have something else. But the Wizard of Oz costume at mm. Trick or Treat on the Pete, your staff dressed like all the characters, uh, and over 2,000 kids there. What a what a night that was, and what an event that has become for this community, Coach. Oh, well, it's been established, and it was, and everybody started asking, you know, when Coach Barry handed it over, you know, hey, what are you going to be for, you know, for Halloween and <laughs> trick-or-treat at the Pete? And I uh, said, so, well, I haven't had a chance to think about it yet, but uh, what I realized is I'm never going to outdo him, and I uh, wouldn't want to. So I thought it was really neat to – uh, include the staff. Let's you know, let's do this together. And uh, you know, and, I, and it was pretty easy to come up with that theme. I mean, right? Uh, you know, but uh, but they they they're the ones that pulled it off. Um, they they did all the work. They're the ones that had to get painted up and stuff. I, mine was easy, man. I just I walked out there with a green jacket and a cane, so it was a uh, it was pretty easy. But uh, it was a great night, great event. Uh, Community Bank, their support, uh, you know, of it and sponsoring that. And, um, Delancey Giannini, man, she killed it, her and her staff, and everybody, everybody associated with it. It was really a cool night. But Bob, Coach, we didn't know if, if there was a metaphor there that, that you you basically handpicked which one of the ones, like Brewer needs a little more confidence, Keller really is uh, a terrible person. We didn't know if there was subtle hints there. Oh, uh, well, it was it was fun. No, I was just trying to stick it to them, so uh, it was good. They, they, you know, it was fun, especially telling Keller he was going to be the witch. And Community Bank having to put out the dough to, to give candy to 2,900 kids? Good for them. <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of them. There was a bunch of kids out here. It was a special night. Hey, Coach, we're uh, we're already looking forward to baseball season mightily. We can't wait. We thank you for being on the show today, sir. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me. Y'all have a great afternoon. The Oz, the Wizard of Oz on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Cold day outside. It's going to be cold the next several days. But uh, temperature's right inside D-Bat and D-1 Training. Everything you need to get in the best shape of your life. Instruction, batting cages, dbathattiesburg.com. Golden Eagle men continue at the Daniel Island Collegiate right now, currently in 14th place. Robbie Ladder firing a two over as he's on hole 18 uh, today, six over for the tournament that will finish in Daniel Island, South Carolina today. Lady Eagles in the Hub City at the Judson and currently Southern Miss in 
Uh, second place, it looks like that the tournament just finished, actually, and the Golden Eagles, Lady Eagles, uh, finished second. Momoko Ando shoots uh, a 219, 73 of 74, and a 72, finishes ninth. Taylor Tribble also finishes ninth overall with a 71 today. So congratulations uh, to the Lady Eagles. They finish second in the Judson. Soccer season, unfortunately, comes to an end as they uh, were defeated by Georgia State one to nothing yesterday in the first round of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Coach Moe's ladies finished the season 6-9 and nine and 3-4-3 three, three, and three in the Sunbelt. Um, we'll get to this later in the week, uh, but big, big news with basketball. We'll talk to, uh, to Coach Ladner um, tomorrow uh, about – of course, the Mississippi State game, uh, but other stuff going on in college basketball um, as well. All right, speaking of basketball, big congratulations, guys, uh, from our good friend of the of the show, Ben Milam, who uh, has has written for Big Gold Nation and covered Southern Miss sports. Uh, he's he's got a new gig, and uh, he is now the play by play voice uh, for the Lady Warhawks of Monroe as he's heading over to uh, to cover Coach Mississippi Missy Builderback, and of course, he'll be. Covering our uh, calling the games for uh, for the Lady Warhawks. So while he is going to Monroe, guys, uh, congratulations to Ben Milam. That that's a big deal, and appreciate everything he's done for Southern Miss sports. Yeah, he's a good dude too. Uh, you always like to see young people get an opportunity in broadcasting. There's a lot of good young broadcasters out there just waiting to get and, a shot. He's a fine young broadcaster talent. Too. Yeah, and and unfortunately, some bad news on the Southern Miss uh, football front. Uh, a, a long time uh, Southern Miss favorite. Former linebacker in the Brett Favre years, Pete Antonio, who went on to play in the Arena League after after his years at Southern Miss, actually went on to have an acting career as well in the name of Peter C. Antonio, where he was in some of the incarnations of the Star Trek series, believe it or not. Pete Antonio passed away suddenly yesterday. Um, still not get, still don't have the details as to how Pete passed away, but um, still kind of in shock about that. He was one of Coach Curly Hallman's favorite players, um, an undersized guy who played with a lot of heart. And um, Curly Hallman spoke with him uh, this morning. Coach Hallman could not be on the show with us today. We're trying to work out his schedule to where he can join us tomorrow for a brief moment to talk about uh, the passing of Pete Antonio. But really, a great, great player at Southern Miss. Um, and just passing away at such a young age is just shocking and uh, sad. So, um, you know, prayers to the Antonio family. I know he's got two yo- two younger sons that are in their you know mid to late teens still at the house. So, um, thoughts to the right. Antonio family. Absolutely. Hey, I want to thank Mobile Beignet Company for their sponsorship of our program. It's a great place to enjoy some good dessert and uh, and great coffees. And also, we'll remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. Uh, you can hear it uh, every day on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Uh, we got great interviews coming up this week. Uh, you did a great uh, piece today with Ethan Crawford. Uh, I, I, I visited with Dominique Davis, Malia Grayson, and, and a new face on uh, women's basketball, Morgan Seifer, who uh, Coach McDellis talks really highly about, a really skilled kid out of uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, true freshman, so uh, we always enjoy that. It's fun going to talk to these kids. You know, it doesn't matter what sport it is, does it, Kelly? Yeah, but she's she's a freshman, so she's got a lot to learn, especially if she likes Tom Brady. 
Uh, she, she loves Tom Brady. Yeah, well, she's got a lot to learn. You should look at her profile <laughs> when she talks about her favorite athletes. And, oh, jeez. Boy, I thought about you, Kelly, yeah. as soon as she said that. Yeah, well, we're at opposite. Her, her vote, hers and mine cancel each other out. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's, uh, it's chilly, but there will be trick-or-treating tonight, and we were talking about best and worst. Best Halloween costume you guys ever did. Worst Halloween costume. Hmm. you ever did really? i think i just i just you know i think i was telling you i just poked my head and arms through a, a 33 gallon gar- garbage bag and went mm-hmm. as white trash <laughs> See, well i used to i used to enjoy dressing up as a werewolf and terrorizing children but the last year i did that i i cornered a little guy so badly that he threw his candy down and ran through the yard going I don't want no candy. I just want to go home. Uh-huh. So I decided maybe, uh, maybe I should back off of that. I remember Jeff Foxworthy did a routine. You know how he does, you know you're a redneck if. Yeah. He did one, you know you're from Minnesota. Let me clarify. I did go get the little boy, gave him his candy, gave him a bunch of candy from the house, and apologized to him. Yeah, so. you are a decent man. Yeah. Without the mask. But Jeff Foxworthy said, you, you you might be from Minnesota if you if you make your trick-or-treat costume to fit over your snowsuit. A Minnesota redneck. <laughs> you might be from Minnesota. It's cold right, here today. That wraps it up. Uh, Jay Ladner on the show tomorrow and a lot of great uh, student-athlete interviews. We're looking forward to a whole week of the Eagle Hour. Hope you'll join us. Until then, happy Halloween. Thanks for listening. Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.